We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. I wanted to jump in quickly and let you know about the release of the audio version of my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, narrated by David A. Knasser. If you want to support the show, you can buy it wherever audiobooks are sold. Links are also in the show notes. Now on to my guest for today, Jerry Abiog, one of the co-founders of Standard Insights, a marketing platform that uses artificial intelligence to help businesses grow. As we've seen from some of my other guests, Jerry's latest venture grew out of failure. Some years ago, Jerry worked with an AI machine learning startup that bombed, but Jerry saw there was great potential in AI software. And when he met a developer working on a customer engagement platform using AI two and a half years ago, he saw an opportunity and Standard Insights was born. Jerry describes the platform as providing businesses with information to help them target the right product or service to the right customer at the right time. The company focused on e-commerce at first and has moved to finance and other industries. While an earlier application for restaurants didn't pan out, the shift to online ordering and delivery in the time of COVID has rapidly changed that for the potential of AI in the restaurant industry. Like myself, Jerry is also a jiu-jitsu practitioner, and we share some thoughts on some of the similarities between the sport and startups, like understanding how your competitors' youthfulness They give them some advantages, but the challenge is always adapting and drawing on other skills, strengths, and experiences to succeed. Now, let's get better together. Jerry Abiog, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Jerry. Thanks for having me on here. No, I appreciate it. Uh, Really do appreciate it. It's uh, great to... uh, interview someone that's a fellow jujitsu practitioner, especially one that's about my age and the same level. I know we're both blue belts. We talked a little bit about that before. Um, and we'll get, we'll get to a little bit about what jujitsu means about life and being in a startup. But, uh, but before we do that, as I like to, or, or as I tell everyone, let me understand how you got to do what you're doing. Yeah, so Jerry, I'm a co-founder of Standard Insights, one of four co-founders, and 
to be honest, it wasn't planned. It kind of happened through serendipitous events two and a half, three years ago. So how it all started, um, I left the corporate world uh, roughly was it nine or 10 years ago, if you look at my LinkedIn profile. Uh, during that time, I started my own business, helping software companies with sales and marketing initiatives. And along the way, I've had some great clients, uh, some with successful exits. But the one client that got me to where I'm at today was a big, utter bust. So it was about four or five years ago, I had a client that was an AI machine learning startup. While we had a good idea, the company just fell, fell flat on its face. Boom. Uh, you know, brick ball. We had close to a million dollars worth of funding and nothing to show for it. Um, but during this time, as this company was imploding, I learned two things. Number one, doesn't matter what software you're selling, uh, you know, on the planet, it has to solve your customer or your potential customers' uh, business problems. And number two, there was something bubbling beneath the surface with AI driven technologies. I think there was a study put out by Statista at the end of last year that in five years, artificial intelligence as an industry could be nearing the $500, $500 million, $500 billion mark. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. So, um, when all this, you know, was happening, I was kind of, you know, beside myself and through serendipitous, serendipitous events through mutual friends, I met my future co-founder. Uh, he was visiting from Chennai, India. I'm here in Atlanta, and he used to live here in Atlanta, and he worked for a Fortune 50 uh, company as a techno tech technology architect, and he worked for General Electric. He pitched me this idea of this prototype that he developed, an AI-driven customer engagement uh, platform. And learning from my, what I learned in the past, I thought it had enough legs to it to warrant a second look. And that second look involved me flying from Atlanta to Denver to an outdoor retail trade show. Um, just a bare bones website with, a, with business cards and um, with a bare bones pitch. And when I returned to Atlanta a week later, I had secured two uh, two beta clients, two trial clients, and how that's how everything started two and a half years ago. Wow. Standard insights. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. That's, uh, usually not the way it goes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's never, it's never a straight line. Right. Um, right. It's, you take meandering curves to some, some people to get where they are, uh, today. Yeah, and and you mentioned that that you guys at Standard Insights are you know developing artificial intelligence technology. Um, can you go a little bit into that because I have actually I know a little bit about it, but sure. the thing that's like really crazy about all this AI machine learning, I mean, it's it boggles the mind at how yeah. diverse it is, how many services. I have a friend named Troy who does this podcast called Productive AI. And he did a map of all the services, and it's like mm -hmm. hundreds of services for this. Oh yeah, thing. it's insane. So, could you give us just a brief, like what, how, how, what, what you guys mean by AI, how you use it, kind of what's the, you know? Yeah. So our intent it's a, it's an AI as a service growth marketing platform, and what we do we help businesses across a variety of ver verticals prioritize and execute data-driven omni-channel campaigns and why this is important. It helps one's business target the right person with the right product or service at the right time. This helps them drive both top and bottom line growth. And in essence, we make your business competitive with marketing precision using artificial intelligence in an increasingly data-driven world. Okay. So it's more like how to optimize campaigns you know, like, a, yeah, how, yeah. How does the process work? Just, I'm just curious. So, yeah. So, <laughs> it's, our, our main process is to drive repeat business, repeat buyers within your existing customer base. So, yes, you're right. There are a lot of AI tools out there. A lot of AI tools serve to bring in new business. Ours serves to grow and retain your 
existing customer base because there was a study put out by Bain that a 5% increase in repeat business can result in a 25 to 90% growth in profitability by just focusing on your existing customers. Oh yeah, I totally agree. It's it's way easier to keep a customer than it is to actually go out and find them, it seems. Yeah, it's a lot less expensive too. Yeah. So a lot of businesses focus on the SEO and the ads to get people into the door. And once they get into the door and buy, it seems like a lot of businesses kind of fall apart by not treating those customers with kid gloves gold, right? They took a lot of money to get them to their door and to buy. And after that, they kind of disappear, right? So we're only focused on driving, you know, repeat business from your existing customer base. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm super fascinated by this idea because uh, one of the things that I think is the most important thing is once you do have a customer, keeping the customer happy, not only to keep them happy so they may actually buy something from you again, hopefully you have, you know, multiple yeah. products and services, but also that they become advocates. Um, because I think the best marketing sales PR is a satisfied customer that tells their friends and family how great it is to interact with you. I, I can't think of a better one <laughs> than that Yeah. Um, because it's so powerful when someone says, oh, no, no, you need to talk to or you need to go buy or you need to do this. That's, I mean, that's the secret to Tesla, if I'm right. not mistaken. I don't think they do any PR and marketing. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, I think it's like zero budget on that. It's all, well, they do PR because it's Elon Musk and he just is a PR machine, right. but they don't pay for it. Wow. So, I mean, how is it, is, is your platform for specific types of customers or how does, how does that process work? Cause I can imagine that some businesses, uh, Either it may be harder or, or or does it broadly apply to all businesses or do you guys specifically work on certain ones? So it broadly applies to all businesses as long as you have customers and data. So when we first started two and a half years ago, we um, attacked the e-commerce vertical. Number one, they were the early adopters of art of, uh, AI-driven technologies. And AI in a high-level high meaning is uh, getting uh, – you know, a computer to think and act like a human, right? Similar to what we're seeing with Amazon with product recommendations and Netflix with movie recommendations. So um, e-commerce, you know, they were early adopters and it was easy, easier for us to break in to the market with that. Thus, I, re I attended the outdoor retail show in Denver two and a half years ago. And we're working with sunglass companies, shoe companies to who have, say, maybe 50 or 60 products and 2,000 customers. Now, how do you break that down? I mean, technically, could you do it if you locked yourself in a room and read spreadsheets? Yes, you can, but how long is that going to take you? But yeah. once we've got the data within a snap of a finger, then analysis is there. And then you have the analysis, and then now you, you know, data by itself is, you know, not, not good unless you take action with it, right? So we connect it all together, and within a few clicks of your mouse, you can execute data-driven campaigns, whether it's email, text, or social media. So it applies to all verticals. So we started off in e-commerce, branched out to finance. Uh, last year, we branched out to restaurants. That kind of fell flat, but then when COVID came, we pulled that application for that particular vertical out and uh, relaunched you know, back in, you know, back in spring. So our platform, as long as you have data and the more data you have, the better, yeah. but as long as you have a minimal uh, amount of data and a minimal amount of customers, you can be helped. So, yeah. So I was going to say, does it matter how many customers you have? I mean, my guess is it works better on thousands as opposed to hundreds or what, what have you seen as sort Correct. of a so, break even uh, on that? Um, it's the, it's going to be dependent on the, the industry. Um, yes, thousands are better than hundreds, but we've all got to start somewhere. And so got to start getting data now. And then as you build and grow three, four or five months down the line, things will, will start to make sense. It's just like, uh, if, if you were to, you know, every, every year's people, 
you know, hey, I'm going to use resolutions to eat healthy and exercise. It's just not going to happen in January, right? It's, mm-hmm. It has to be a long-term uh, commitment for your behavior to take effect and, and change. So, mm-hmm. but, the, but the important thing is just to get started. Right. right. And get after it and get the data, get the data going because it changes on a daily basis and you you learn and, and you grow, you right. know, with that. Just kind of what's happening right now with with COVID, the things we learned in March and April are different than what we're learning now Ooh. in September, October. Yeah, so. It seems like every <laughs> month is like six months or a year of progress or yeah. regress or whatever. Um, and so, so you mentioned a bunch of data. Is it specific types of data that you have to collect or is it what all, you know, like I ask this because um, I'm working with a company right now uh, as part of my PR and marketing business. You know, we we do have a lot of data on customers. It's a high-end consumer product. It's an e-commerce play. Um, really? We, yeah, yeah. And we've got tons of, we have tons of data, quote unquote, and 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 I'm you know I'm I'm an engineering background and I used to work in the semiconductor business, which means data is like you know if you think you have data, go to the semiconductor business because they've got more data than anything and hardly ever look at it or well not not exactly true but there's there's more data out there than people look at, which yep. is almost I think the truth. But like what kind of data do you guys need? I mean how do, how so, does that work? Yeah. So it has to be structured data. Okay. Number one, so we can get it through. Uh, Typically with an API connector, mm-hmm. a lot of software companies right now are API friendly or in a CSV file. Yeah. And what data could we collect? Whatever data you have. So it could be um, demographic, geographic, psychographic, or behavior data, right? You put that all together, you know, with, along with what your customers are doing and then poof, now we're recognizing different patterns. Mm-hmm. And once you know the patterns of a certain individual then you can target them with data-driven marketing campaigns that will get them to buy. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you know, what, what the, the company is called Sutro and what, what we do at Sutro is it's a pool monitor. So you put it uh-huh. in your pool and it measures your chemistry, make sure that your pool's safe, right? Yeah. So we've got lots of data. <laughs> I think more data than we know what to do with sometimes. Um, and what's interesting is that the, you know, the whole e-commerce digital marketing flywheel um, is is can be a bit complex to be honest. I mean, we we've been at it for we launched in May and we're but it's now October. So, you know, we've learned a lot and trying to kind of get that like what's the alchemy of you know what's the positioning or whatever. Um, and like I said, we, we, we collect a lot of data, but it is really interesting that you, you know, how to use that data a lot, like, like a lot of entrepreneurs. And, and the reason I know this, cause I'm in all these like groups about e-commerce hacking and business sure. groups and all these sort of things. And the amount of like disparity of advice, tools, ways to do it. I mean, it's just mind boggling <laughs> the amount right. of like, what do you do? Right. Um, and who, you know, again, who knows what's right or wrong. And of course people say, oh, I did it this way and every, you know, kind of everything is different. So that that's why I think, and again, why I'm curious about it is because the, the approach from a AI point of view is not necessarily we know what to do. It's that we are going to feed the engine to figure out what, what may work or to give us recommendations so we can try and kind of like, fill, it's more of like an experimental process as opposed to, well, I'm sorry, data-driven experimental process more so than like a normal A-B test or this landing page and that landing page. And, oh, we did this growth hack. So have, have you found that you've had to kind of combat that kind of uh marketplace kind of like oh yeah great yet another optimization for <laughs> for ads or whatever yeah so with this we already know the buyer behavior mm. so now once we understand the the patterns that someone's likely to take now you're you're going to act on those patterns uh, right with with data driven marketing campaigns so instead of flying by the seat of your pants mm. like for example we 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 talked about you know, jujitsu. So we're both, uh, you know, the same age. Mm-hmm. 
So you go to a doctor, it's like, hey, your, your numbers are off. The data says at this point in time, at this stage of our life, you've got to be eating healthy, whether it's eating more vegetables and doing more exercise. The data says that. Does that mean that everyone that exercises or eat veggies will not get sick? No. But for the most part, that you're going to live a, you know, a healthy you know, healthy lifestyle. So we know that in our head. That's what the data says. But what happens when the alarm clock goes off at five o'clock in the morning and, uh, you know, you got to work out, go to the gym, go to the pool, go for a run. What feels better to us, right? Hitting the snooze button and skipping order workout or the data that says, hey, well, the doc told me I should be doing this, you know, X, Y, Z. So, uh, or even if, you know, getting a burger. It's like, should I get that fries or a, a, a side order a salad, right? But we get the fries because it makes us makes us feel good. So there's a dichotomy. We're all humans that what does the data say and but what makes us feel good. So it's a kind of interesting dynamic that we as humans have to face. Yeah. No, no. I mean, that's why I think it's really interesting. It's sort of, if you know, I, I don't know where all this is going to go in terms of AI driven everything. You know, I, I agree with you that in the next five to 10 years, it's just this massive market because there's so many things that could help out. But more importantly, I don't think it will you know, necessarily get rid of, I mean, it may get rid of jobs, but the jobs will then shift to actually, oh, well, what does this mean? Like driving the model as opposed to. Yeah. So you're always going to need human intervention. Yeah, Never. Right. I mean, if someone's selling you a piece of software, Hey, you don't need to human intervention anymore, you know, run the other way, but right. you're always going to have that input, but would you rather act on, you know, on data or what makes you feel good? Right. Yeah. 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 You know? yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, um, you mentioned the restaurant business and, I know that's been particularly hard yeah. with COVID. Um, you're in Atlanta. I'm in San Francisco. I don't know. It's probably a little different in Atlanta than it is here. But boy, you walk down the street and things are boarded up. And yeah. you know, there's some restaurants that are open in these little parklets near the street. You know, mostly outdoor dining is is big here. That's also because the weather's nice too. They're also yeah. starting to let people go inside. So I'm just curious, how has the business uh, evolved? How has it, um, how have you seen the uptick in that product that you kind of pulled off the shelf when it came to, uh, restaurants? How, how, how did, how are they doing? So, yeah, so our application for restaurants act, our journey with the AI driven, uh, digital menu actually started last year. Hmm. Uh, that happened because of two reasons. One, one of our other, my other fellow co-founders actually owns a restaurant. That's number one. Oh. And number two, one of our competitors, was purchased by McDonald's last year. So if you Google that McDonald's and I believe dynamic yield, it was an AI driven application. So mm. we developed it June, July of last year, had a prototype built and I took it to a few restaurants and just kind of fell flat. Uh, to be honest, maybe we're far ahead of the game or, or, or what have you, but people weren't ready to order from their phones. Not only that, but you know, with AI driven recommendations, what is that, right? Just because McDonald's was doing it uh, doesn't mean the the mom and pop restaurant up the street, you know, should we should be doing it. So we shelved it and started to focus on other verticals and branching out to other other areas, finance, uh, brick and mortar. But when COVID hit in March, it literally shut down the entire planet, right? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we pulled out of the garage and and tweaked it and renamed it to its own identity or own entity, if you will. So it's iOrder.menu. We wanted to give it a more action-oriented, uh, you know, web domain. And even during this time, it's, we've been at this, what, six, seven months now? Yeah. I mean, everyone's coming to the market with digital menus. Everyone, I mean, it is just a crowded, crowded market. And we love that. Because now we're we're different. Now we can set ourselves apart. It's like, hey, um, you know, many companies we're not like other companies that simply upload your menu and attach a self-pay gateway 
you know, we differ in these three ways, right? Or three or four ways. So right away, we're telling restaurateurs that, hey, if you value being data-driven and leveraging your data, then we're the company, we can be the company for you to help you during these difficult times. Because if you know how your customer is going to act and what they're going to order, then and if you act on that, chances are you're going to get them to come be repeat buyers yeah. to your restaurant or to your business. Yeah, I mean, my own experience with this, uh, this is the reason why I'm so curious about it. Because I, I don't think my, any of my local restaurants, you, I'm, I'm pretty sure they don't use your platform. But what's interesting is that the ones that didn't have online ordering ra- rapidly got online ordering. The yeah. ones that had an online ordering system before COVID that was kind of clunky, just I don't order from them anymore. It's just re- it's literally ridiculous how just it, it's so hard. Like, why, why is it so hard? And I find myself that the ones that are easier to order from, the ones that I frequent a lot, where they kind of remember me. Like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, you, <laughs> you, you ordered this last time. Do you want to order it again? Or, oh, you know. I mean, I probably don't use AI like, oh, we think you may like this way more comfortable with. And if it's a lot quicker, right? So yeah, that's just so powerful. And, I, and I'm shocked. I'm actually shocked that they don't send me more emails to be like, hey, yeah. you haven't seen you in a while. Why don't you, hey, we have a special deal for you, you know, because uh, I mean, you know, I, I'm going to go eat out. I'm going to go get takeout because I you know, don't want to really be at a restaurant now or, or if I don't have time. Um, I'm just curious. It has, has, so the, the uptick's been, seems like it's been good. What are they, what are those customers sort of seeing as the dynamic of all of this? Like, so, yeah. So with marketing, with restaurants, I mean, if you talk to any restaurant tour, unless there were a big, big giant chain, they typically fell flat with regards to marketing. So now they've got to be cognizant about that. Are we, you know, we have to jump on the marketing train or maybe for a competitor down the street, they do that, you know, we'll be, you know, we'll be toast. Right. 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 So we take that marketing up a notch. So if you go to our website, iorder.menu, it'll be, you know, data driven marketing outreach. So for me, a Thai restaurant up the street. So I like hot and spicy food mm-hmm. and I love the lighter beers like lagers or Pilsner. So uh, the heavier ones give me a headache. Right. So now if I get a marketing a text message, Hey, would you like our new, you know, spicy dish or Masaman curry dish that's extra spicy. That'll make me feel good. Cause that, Hey, that, that owner, you know, knows me yeah. or pair that with uh with a lager or a pilsner because if that owner pairs it with uh like an ipa i'm like well ipas give me a headache right. not that i you know i'm not going to get mad but I'm like hey do, do these guys really know me and over time if this you know builds up like hey these guys are just sending me junk emails <laughs> or texts of food i don't like yeah. but if it's something that you that you like like okay they they know me so yeah i mean it's the same thing that that Amazon is doing mm. and, and Netflix and doing is, you know, is doing and um, Uber eats is doing, but then with Uber eats, two things they are very expensive. Yeah. They charge 30% to the restaurant owner. So $10 dish, 30%, that's three bucks goes to Uber yeah. and they're charging the, the customer five bucks for delivery charge yeah. and they keep all the data. Or if you go to the legacy point of sale systems, um, even though the restaurateur owns, technically owns the data, it's very hard to get to. So all these things are, are, are you know, coming to play, but, you know, now with, uh, you know, with COVID, I think companies are starting to realize, so you've heard of the, the digitization, uh, effect, right? So obviously we know e-commerce and we know Amazon, we know Netflix, but all these companies that were behind the eight ball now because of COVID they've realized now let's, you know, accelerate our digitization initiatives. And part of that uh, solution we hope is our tool. 
Yeah. No, no. We, we like the, the Sutro example. That's the pool and spa industry mm-hmm. is pretty archaic <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, I don't think they're, they're maybe 20, 20 years behind maybe. Okay. Um, because the model is a very heavy distribution model. You go to the pool store, you hire your pool guy or gal. Um, and this whole COVID thing um, kind of not necessarily caught them flat-footed, but a lot of them had no digital marketing, no digital infrastructure at all. Um, and then you start to see like, you know, with Shopify, Shopify, you know, building up for local little, little, you know, mom and pop shops where they could, you know, do that as well. But one of the things that, one of the trends that, that we see in that, which I think is similar to what probably what you see is this whole idea of the, what, what people call retail 3.0, which is the on-demand, on-premise, online experience. There you go. Yeah. Right. Of buying this whole thing. Right. So your, your piece of it is that, you know, me, you send me relevant things. I am more inclined to go buy my pot thai from you, the pot thai from you, as opposed to the guy down the street that doesn't know me or right. that's in their little, you know, it's like more, I found this really fascinating because you're right. The acceleration of digital marketing and the digitization of all business is, you know, we see it happening and you sort of like people got really nervous about it. I mean, the pool and spa industry is super afraid of this. Because yeah. they're the traditional distribution model. You go to the pool store, you pick up your chemicals, you go take your water to get tested, the whole thing. It's a really a hassle. It's painful. If you screw your pool up, you can't swim in it. I mean, it's the classic ripe for disruption, you know, thing. And actually, people have been trying to, especially on the pool testing, which is what Sutra does, trying to been do, been doing this for a couple of years now, like. And the model just is they, the model's hard to figure out. So I, I find I find it that the reason why I'm I'm super interested in like what you're working on is because that that behavior of mm-hmm. like the customer, like say you have a customer, like say you're a pool store, like so you're a pool store, you have a customer, and they go to your pool store every once in a while, right? Um, the but the engagement is hardly not not there. They go to you because they, oh, I'm just used to going to the pool store. Well, when you start adding I, IOT technology, you know, digital home, smart home, this whole on-demand, on-premise, online alchemy, like it all starts to spin together. I mean, people are used to having the convenience, right? Like Amazon yeah. taught us that, right? Like, why can't I have it today? You know? And now with restaurants, it seems that that's doing the same thing. So, and it's a, it's a behavior change too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was sitting at a client side or customer uh, restaurant up the street from me and people still to order if they're 35 or older, pick up the phone and call in their order, maybe the younger. And when we put our big um, QR code, when you're walking the door, QR code, boom, just before you walk in, it hits you in the face. But yet people are, uh, you know, it's habit. It's going to take time to change. I mean, I liken what's happening now to what happened during the great recession. When was that? 08, 09, yeah. uh, you know, 10 with what happened with uh, Netflix and block, Blockbuster. Yeah. Right? For sure. Rented your movies from Blockbuster. There was one on every corner. Mm-hmm. And look, they're, 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 they're no longer around. Yeah. And look what happened to Netflix. They started off with those DVD boxes at the outside of uh, grocery stores. And now, uh, people are watching movies on netflix yeah right so what it's and i'm looking at this and when we developed standard insights we weren't necessarily developing anything new i mean the the platform is already existing out there but we just wanted to make it you know better right make the customer experience uh you know better and look at we we set foot in the e-commerce space because that was relatively a warm friendly place to you know to break into but now we're looking at other verticals and yeah we tried restaurants last year it fell flat but now because of covid well um there's tons of opportunity there uh you know for restaurants i mean there are roughly 650,000 restaurants in the u.s uh half big change in half mom and pops even yeah. if you take a look at 300,000 mom and pops yeah. 
even if you have 1% of that, I mean, that's still a big, you know, big, big chunk. Big number for sure. Yeah. I mean, when I did go out to dinner the other day, one of the local places that I like, um, they didn't even give us a menu. They said, uh, take this, you know, take a picture of this QR code. Our menu's online. We're not going to give you a menu. Yeah. And so that be like you, you talk about the behavior, which is really interesting because that behavior takes some time to uh, to get used to and only accelerated right now, right? Like, yeah, it's just amazing how it's just every every day it's just different, you know. Like, well, think about your your pool example. I don't know anything about the pool industry, but if we can automate that, we can automate the curbside pickup. That hey, yeah. every three to six months that you've got to um, you know treat your pool, yeah. And now if that customer gets reminded, or depending, I don't know if different chemicals are required for different temperatures, right? But maybe if you're a, you're a senior citizen and you have a pool, the pool is going to be a little bit warmer. So therefore, yeah. different types of chemicals. Or More if you have same, yeah. yeah, kids in middle school, they're on the swim team. Yes, they, they don't want to they don't want to swim in a warm pool. They want to swim in a in a colder pool, right? And mm-hmm. so that may require different um you know, different types of treatment, right? Yeah, it's definitely break, definitely different treatment regimens regimens depending yeah. on that the temperature of the water. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, in your area, you know, breaking down by in uh, in the Bay Area, you know, different neighborhoods. So when you can pinpoint that, hey, the patterns in this one area say this, and the patterns in one area say this, and the patterns in one area say this, and you can execute campaigns. Around that, whether it's email, text, or Facebook, does that mean you're going to, you know, win all the time? No, but um, you know, if you're sending, say, a hundred emails, in the past, maybe one or two would respond, but you can get that one or two to five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Yeah. You know, over time, that'll uh, generate significant revenue. So if you look at our website, yeah, everyone wants to drive sales you know, that's a given, right? But if you can focus, what we like to focus on is improving customer experience, uh, preventing customer indecision, and you tell them what to do next. All that, if you can get that figured out, well, not only, you know, drive sales, but it'll improve, increase average order value, and then improve customer retention. Yeah, which I think- So everyone's going to, yeah. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, everyone's going to talk, hey, drive sales, drive sales, and which is very important. But hey, what do you do, you know, before that? It's about the customer experience. It's about preventing customer indecision. It's about telling them what to do next. And if you can pinpoint and synthesize that via marketing campaign, whether it's email, text, or social media, that customer, more likely than not, will buy from you or your client. Yeah, no, I agree. I- I I don't think people spend enough time nurturing customers. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the CEO of Sutro Ravi and I are actually we're we're working on a way we feel what is what it's what we're implementing at Sutro and I'm not going to talk about it cuz it's a super secret surprise. <laughs> but we're we're going to be working on our method that we're using. We're going to write some stuff up. We may even write a book, who knows. Um <laughs> but it's all about the this what you talked about like okay customer retention is one part of it and then there's obviously the prospecting the customer retention and then making advocates out of customers because yeah. I think that's the next level of the customer experience when you when customers are now advocates for you and that's the best like I said and that's um, something that we can actually do so oh, we can cool. um, we can do a profitability score hmm. out of your customers so we'll take a look at three things how um, how recently they bought something, mm-hmm. how often, and how much money they've spent. So you're talking about champion, uh, uh, you know, advocates. Depending on how much customers you have, we can rank customers from champion to loyal. Mm-hmm. You know, potential loyal customers are about to sleep or sleeping customers. Yeah. And I would bet that your your loyal and champion customers will be the the advocates because they've um, they've bought from you recently. They bought from you many times, and they've spent a lot of money. So uh, we call that the 
you know, profitability scoring mo module. It's one of our four uh, pillars on standardinsights.io. And if you go to that website, it'll say, hey, curious to see how improving your company's data li literacy can drive growth. Right. It's all about knowing who and how, you know, how your customers are going to going to act. So we go beyond descriptive analytics. Hey, what happened in the past, which is very important, but now we're going, taking it beyond with um, predictive and prescriptive analytics. Yeah. Interesting. So kind of yeah. like we're in a uh, football season just started. Yeah. If you know that, um, you know, data says that based on this situation, they're going to throw a pass. So you prepare to defend a, a pass play. Why would you def defend in a run play? Right? right. Or where did you go and kick that field goal? What does the data say? You know, you're kicking a field goal beyond, a f you know, f you know, 40 yards or whatever it may be, but it has to be all about the, I mean, I feel about the data versus just a best guess or a whim. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's uh, it's going to be a fascinating time. I mean, there's so just stuff's going to explode. I feel really good. I mean, be. just like this. You, we let's take this to. We talked about jujitsu. Yep. So, yep. you know your opponent, your buddy. He's going to do this this certain move, and you've studied him, but you saw YouTube fancy you you know YouTube <laughs> video. It's like, oh hey, let me try that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so it's just you know making joke of, but yeah, it's the same no, no, thing, it's, right? It's you know, so, the, yeah, it's so true. I mean, and and I'm, and I'm glad you brought jujitsu up because it's like it is a definite metaphor for not only life, but in some sense, how to adjust to different um, situations, right? So you and I are the same age. You're you're a you're a one stripe blue belt. I'm just a blue belt. I just got my blue belt back in December, so I'm still. Oh, congrats! Well, yeah, thanks, man. Still working through that, um, and then COVID hit, so now I can't you know get my stripes. But um, since we're both the same age, roughly, um, you know what's interesting is that we were talking a little bit beforehand how uh, when younger guys come in, <laughs> especially ones that are sometimes half our age. Uh, you got to adjust your game. <laughs> yeah, and and, and, and and it's not like, hey, I'm going to beat you. It's like, hey, I'm not going to get choked out by you. Right. And then even if they, they, they tap you out, it's like, hey, man, two things I'll, I'll say to them. It's like, hey, you just you just got tapped out by someone that's old enough to be your dad. Or <laughs> you, you, couldn't, uh, you couldn't get me to tap out someone that's old as your dad. So yeah. either way. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, you're not going to go and – and dominate it, uh, assuming every, all things are equal. Yeah. Uh, a twenty-five-year-old blue belt, or even they may be a four-stripe white belt who who played a college sport. You're not going to dominate that. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it is interesting because the game as you get older, the game changes, and you know it's the the graceful art, or you know the I don't know uh, you know the subtle you know art of the motion and the fluid and all that. But when you get older, right, you know, things start to hurt. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, I do find myself, what's really interesting. Do you, do you do gi or no gi? What, what's your, uh, both. both? I, yeah, both. Yeah. So I do find that in gi, and for those of you who don't know what gi is, it's the sort of the uniform you've seen it, um, like the judo, judo players and stuff have it. It's basically the kind of like a karate, uh, gi, um, or a suit or whatever you want to call it. I find that like I've got old man grip strength. <laughs> so I'm really good at the grips. And so a younger it's person like, that's a little yeah. bit more aggressive, which most younger guys between, I don't know, 18 and 30, when I roll with them, you know, they want to get aggressive on the old guy, you know, the old man. So they call us the old men. Um, and, Man, those grips, man, if you got good grip strength, <laughs> it yeah. can slow them down pretty good. Um, and again, that analogy for, for business and, and other things is like sometimes you got to slow it down, like yeah, build up, you know, and like, okay, I got, I'm slowing them down. And then I'm like, okay, now how, how what am I going to do? How, how am I going to like take this aggressive, strong, and fast person that's 20 years younger than me? Yeah. How am I going to get the advantage? Yep. 
And that's a, that's a strategy. You can't use strength. I mean, I'm decently strong, but I'm not as going to be as strong as some 25 year old that's lifting weights and it's just, you know, jacked, not even just jacked because they're young, not jacked because they're on, 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 you know, on, on what we used to call Mexican supplements. You know, it's like, no, no, you know, um, but yeah, so it's super interesting. So do you, do you have like a, like, do you have a go-to move? What, what what's sort of your best game? Like, how do you? What's your game consist of? Um, so I try to be on top, right? Just because, you know, I'm a smaller guy, and yeah, I get it. You can fight from the bottom jujitsu. While that may be true, it's not always the most comfortable. So, yeah, I, um, so I'm five six, like 150, 160 pounds. So, I do not want, if at all possible, not to be stuck under some guy that weighs 200 pounds that's just not a comfortable feeling but however learning to be uncomfortable there take that lessons learned into the startup world right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. like okay what i do relax let me figure this out i'm not going to move 200 pounds i'm not going to bench press 200 pounds but um, let me move my body you know away yeah you know uh you, you know from him so yeah just you know, all those, you know, all those subtleties, right? Oh, take for example. So, um, Uber eats there. So we all know that they deliver, but now they're looking into, you know, digital menus. A couple of things that are doing is they're given the, the app for free until the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And then next year they're going to charge 15%. Right. So I was like, okay, let's do the math. So now what we're in, in October, like, okay, they're giving it to you for free, but a couple things. Do they allow you to order alcohol? No. Do they allow you to keep the data? You know, no, you get a, they give you a laptop or a, or a tablet. So yeah, just because they're, you know, do they give you personalized service? So there's always things that you can use to your advantage, even though you're a, you know, scrappy you know, scrap startup. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I, mean, you, I agree. Even, uh, I agree. you know, even you're, you're talking about jujitsu, right? You know? Yeah. So we're going up against guys or even girls, um, in our, in our, uh, in our school, but even compared to, you know, people outside, I mean, even the white, the two stripe, one stripe white belt knows more than the average person walking down the street. Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great analogy. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. So I'm the, you know, I'm the six foot one, two ten, two fifteen guy that would probably oh, smash man. you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I do use my weight to my advantage because that's what I have. I'm not that fast. I'm working on that. Um, but you're totally right because what, what's interesting is that at, and you have to, I think, I think what it's taught me is one, being very comfortable with someone on me as the weight, the pressure, being yeah. really uncomfortable, and then moving my body so that I can get a little bit of a breath or adjust so that it's not as painful or adjust to the point where I can then like, okay, I need some time to think. And boy, when, when you get used to that, what one, one, when you get, when you know, oh, hey, someone's trying to crush me and choke me out. That's scary. Same with the business world. Someone's trying to crush me, like Uber yeah. is trying to crush you guys, as an example. Two, there is no way I'm going to, if I go headlong into this person, this 250-pound gorilla, I'm going to get yeah. crushed. I, I can't go head on. So just can't, right? So now my game has got to be way different. Like, what am I going to do to get the advantage? I mean, the same thing for older older. Play, you know, older jujitsu people and younger jujitsu people. As an older guy, I need to figure out how I'm going to slow down this absolute, you know, locomotive yeah. coming at me, trying to kill me. Similar in, in in startups in the business world, especially with bigger bigger players, because you're always going to have some advantage that they're not going to see. Um, yeah, you, you see it with the young with young people, like they come straight at you, but they don't know that as soon as they gas out, you know. I used to be, you know, I'm still in a sort of an endurance athlete. Like I'm not, my cardio is going to crush you. <laughs> like I am yeah. gonna, gonna, I am, I got old and I've got old man strength and I've got old man treachery, which is what we always like to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, wow. Well, Hey, you know, Jerry, it's been just such a great conversation. I, I appreciate, really do appreciate your time. 
um, interesting, you know, what you guys are doing and uh, looking forward to seeing how it progresses. And hopefully, yeah. you know, soon, you know, COVID will be over and uh, the world will get up back to a little bit of normalcy. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, until then, you've just got to, uh, I think I like that, that Winston Churchill quote, never let a good crisis go to waste, right? So exactly. when negative things happen, it's like, okay, how do you, how do you adapt and, you know, overcome? You got some bigger guy on you. It's like, okay, um, you know, why do I do, how do I adjust myself, not how do I move them Right. Nice. Just like, how do I adjust myself to compete against Uber Eats or these other guys? Not how, how do I take them head on? Right. So, right. and you're just focusing on that moment, focusing on this one customer uh, at the time that's that, you know, that's in front of you. Right. So, yeah, you're not going to move some, you know, 160 pounds. Yeah. I mean, I got decent strength for my size, but not enough to move a, you know, 200 pound moving object. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Great. Yeah, all those all those principles, you know, apply uh, for sure to the startup world. Yep. Great. Well, take care. Stay in touch and uh, be safe. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learn something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.